0: The home for nerds, geeks, and freaks, The Riley and Kimmy Show. Hello, kiddies! Your old pal here, the Joker, talking to you about Riley and Kimmy.
1: When I'm not out trying to kill the Batman, I like to sit back with a
0: nice Chianti and listen to Riley and Kimmy.
1: I might kill them.
2: (laughs) The Riley and Kimmy
1: Show... The Riley and Kimmy Show Toys, movies, comics, and so much more The Riley and Kimmy Show And the more that you listen The more that you know The Riley and Kimmy Show The Riley and Kimmy Show has made it can you believe where we made it to? I know. Wizard World. Yes. Fort, Fort Lauderdale. We went on a road trip. Our Batmobile took us to Fort Lauderdale to the Wizard World Convention. We are here, and I'm having the pleasure of talking to Victor Dandridge in the Artist Isle. Hello, Victor. Why, hello. Now, you were here Friday, and I know you're going to be here Sunday, right? Uh,
0: pretty much, yes. Uh,
1: pretty much? Yeah. You, uh, I actually I, have
0: to leave early. like they, they To fly home, I have to leave a little early. But you will be here Sunday, too. Oh, yeah.
1: So yeah. when we upload this tonight, people can still see you Sunday. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Woo. Now, Victor, tell, tell those who are listening who may not know what your background is and what you do.
0: So I am called the Hardest Working Man in Comics. Um, I have my own self-publishing imprint, Vantage Announced Productions, which I've been doing. Uh, it'll be five years come the 8th of October, now, full-time. Now, I noticed you're actually old school print it's not digital you or do you do both i do both i mean you have to you have to look at the market and and actually support what is being asked for but i like forgive my my saying so kimmy i'm sorry but i like reading comics on the toilet so you have to have that physical presence i mean digital is cool but you can't do that on the toilet with the digital you might drop it what if you do and then then your books are gone and that's exactly (laughs) exactly
1: and also if there's you know a power outage what do you do then you've got nothing but if you
0: go old school you never ever can't read
1: so when you get that survival kit ready, right. you got to have the comic books, not the digital comic books, yeah, for the survival right.
0: kit. That right. I mean, we're talking graphic novels. I want big, thick editions because you listen. You could bash a zombie's brains in with a graphic novel. You can't do it with a Kindle. You'll ruin the Kindle.
1: And you can start a fire if you need to. Exactly. Exactly.
0: You and know. toilet paper. It's all, all of <laughs> the above. You can only do that one time with the digital device. That's all I'm saying.
1: Otherwise, it's over. <laughs> so you are one who's actually done it. You know, I, I, I'm amazed by people like you and cool as heck who actually. Art, I mean, I've met some very gifted artists who say, I'm going to do an independent comic book, and they never yeah, do. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's easy to say that you're going to do it. It's something totally different to actually do it. And five years doing this. Yes, five years full time. I've never gone back to the nine to five grind. Um, I've been free of the mortal toil, as I like to call Ooh, it. You're yes. your own boss. Yes, and it's delicious.
1: Now, what. <laughs> What influenced you? What caused the spark? What made you decide, hey, this is the path I want to be a, uh, you know, a sequential
0: artist? What what caused it? Oh my God! Okay, so it all comes back to the humble roots of I was a kid that didn't like to read when I was a child. Like I hated books; they were evil of the devil. And then they announced on the news that Superman was going to die, and I'm like, how were happy? I, it was interesting. Like, I was a pop cultural kid, right? Okay. Like, I grew up in the 80s, and so I was peripherally aware of who Superman was. So the idea of a character like that dying, I'm like, how? How do you do that? Like, how do you kill Americana like that? I want to read that. And, like, I said it out loud. My mother overheard it, and she's like, what was that? And I was like, uh, did I cuss? Did I say something I wasn't supposed to say? No, no, no. I want to I read that. Is, can I say that? And she's like, Okay. Okay, comes home the next day, stack of books. I've been hooked ever since.
1: Were you drawing before that or did that cause the spark to draw?
0: It like in my memory, that's kind of where the spark came from, but family says no, you were always drawing. So I'm like, okay, I guess before I remember, I was always, you know, pencil in hand. But for me, like it was it was a direct, you know, line. I started reading books, I started coming up with my own stories, and obviously I wanted to draw those stories and so I got into the drawing aspect. And then what makes it really great is I found out that drawing and, and art in general is a is a family trait. I have uncles that draw on both sides of the family and it's so wonderful. Um, and one uncle in particular my uncle Mark um, took very very like special interest in my wanting to do this because he was one he was you know the youngest of seven brothers and he wanted to do that but he didn't never he never quite got the encouragement to to do that move and so he was really pushing for me to do it and um Strangely enough, when I was 11, um, he was he was killed. Uh, very oh. horrible you know, situation. It was one of those things where um, he was attacked and he, he was killed. And it was kind of a uh, Batman-esque vow. Get out of here. That I decided that I was going to be something in the comic book industry in his honor. And so wow. here we are. He would be proud. Yes. That yes. is a cool story. Thank you. Thank you. In fact, my very first, this is no joke, I kid you not, my very first fully self-published piece that I ever did came out on the 17th anniversary of the day he died. Wow. Not even a joke. joke. That is really cool. Yes. yes. That was the universe was like, and here. And I'm like, you're right. This is exactly where I need to be. So this was, yeah, (laughs) comics needs me. That was was obviously, yeah.
1: (laughs) Your destiny has been fulfilled. Yes.
0: yes. And so this is, you know, where I am. I I do this. Um, I've got uh, five wonderful titles out right now, comic book wise. We're actually, we have a prose novella out as well. So we're not just tied to the comic scene. And Dare I say it, we are working on other media projects Ooh, as well. Pretty cool. Yes, yes. Now,
1: where can your material be found? Is it uh, online? Can you purchase your stuff online? If, you know, Are people listening? Can I link them to something?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the easiest places to get most of my, my digital catalog is through peepgamecomics.com. That's comics with an X at the end. Um, this one is a very interesting site. It's one that's dedicated to promoting African-American creators or okay. creators of, of minorities. And um, it's started by Imani Latif. And it's a really cool platform and I kinda give it some shine. Um, I'm not necessarily, you know, the most prolific in terms of, of claiming black Creatorship, but that's definitely an outlet that I think is it needs a few more eyes to it. But otherwise, uh, definitely you know look for me at uh, vantageinhouse.blogspot.com. Uh, if you want books, I can definitely mail you copies because I love that kind of interaction. I will totally pen pal you if you do that. Um, I will write you a little note and tell you you know how much I love you and you're taking care of my kids and I appreciate it.
1: Wow, no, that's pretty groovy. Now, what is the the downside to getting started in Indie? I know you don't want another competitor, probably, but let's face it, I have those artist friends out there. They're going, well, look at the sketch. It looks really good. Want to be great? My comic book that never happens i mean what what is the the big thing besides doing it you know actually putting your foot forward
0: so it's funny that you say this because i actually teach people how to self-publish get out i swear um the the biggest downside is for people to have too high of an expectation of what it is that they're they're going to do their first time out
1: well they think they're jim lee
0: they think they're jim lee from jump and it's like dial it down a little bit you know it's like yo, yeah, no, i'm brian michael bendis dial it down a little bit okay. you know you gotta come back down to like you know kathy levels uh, if you, if you will. Like, bring it bring it down you know and she got lucky like she didn't think that this was ever gonna work if you see those stories it's amazing
1: even Charles Schultz exactly. he, he thought he was the luckiest
0: man on earth exactly you know so that's the thing like so many people are like yeah I do this book and I'll sell a million copies you'll sell maybe 20 of your first one you know wow. keep your expectations low and then if you exceed that then it's definitely a win but if you go in like yes I'm the next Robert Kirkman. Prepare for disappointment because that's more than likely. And is it like you know
1: baseball and like guitars that do it every day, regardless of you getting paid or not? That practice, practice, practice thing.
0: Oh my God, yes! Like I can't tell you how many arguments I've gotten into with uh, creators. Where I'm like, you know, when the, the whole basis of you know you need to pay people to do stuff. I'm like, technically, yes, that is a that is a great you know model to live by. But let's be honest, you should be drawing anyway. So you know if it's a matter of you just con- you know constantly putting out content and you have content with purpose that's even better but you should be drawing writing creating something every day there's mm-hmm. no excuse there's no reason not to with the advent of the internet you can put stuff up get critiques from across the world create do it do it now
1: now are artists generally okay to critique other artists i mean do they give helpful you know uh, tips because in my industry Mm -hmm. it's part of that theatrical world it's not always very nice with somebody who's new coming into the industry they're like oh five years this person might have my job whatever you might encounter people who won't be mentors who have the talent and the gift and they even recognize somebody has a gift but they'll bypass that person or snub them or be kind of rude or tear them apart is it that way in this is it that competitive
0: it can be however i will say that the biggest thing that you'll see any sort of snubbetry on is not in terms of artistic development Artists are a dime a dozen in this business, so it's not a matter of how good are you, it's whether or not you understand the business, and there are plenty of guys that, have, that are high level that don't talk about the business level in order to keep other people out, because Ooh. it's easy to get lost in this stuff, and the, the business you know, acumen that you have to have is high. You know, but that's not something that's readily talked about in this biz. You know, you hear page rates, but no one ever has a formula for how you determine what your page rate is or why you even have it. Or, you know, all these things are, you know, very interpretive. And, you know, the guys that know are like, we'll just sit back and watch. And maybe you'll figure it out. Maybe you won't. Ooh, survival of the fittest. Yes, yes. Wow.
1: I thought that was only in my world. Oh, no, no. That's all over. That's all over. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to let you get back to the table here. You got a lot of happy fans thank nearby and we'll let you talk to them and take care of them and we will put links of your material on our website thank you, thank you. and it's been a pleasure I'm glad you gave us a few moments thank, thank you, you very you. much my friend So
0: very much it's this was a blast
1: I, I consider him almost a brother we're at cool as hex table now it's a Saturday today we record this It's gonna be available on a Sunday but you know what cool as heck is gonna be here at the same table same bat channel same bat time at Wizard World Fort Lauderdale how's it going
0: cool it's going great going great just did my panel really good in fact you guys are going to be uh hopefully getting that later in the week and it played up to how we did and uh some great weekend great fans some great folks i'm meeting here sketching all day as i do because that's what i do
1: and is there any deal going on for sunday oh sunday sunday raceway park i don't know um yeah come see me any purchase you have Sunday, I'll give you a free print as long as you say that you should listen to Riley and Kimmy show. You got that. And we're gonna let you get back to everybody who's wanting to meet you. And by the way, that uh QA, that panel you did, we're gonna have available on episode 641 on Monday. Oh cool. I'm gonna promote it then. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. He grew up on a farm like I did, and it's Roland Man. I'm at Roland Man's booth, the man, the myth, the legend former Marvel and Malibu editor. How is Wizard World treating you, Roland?
3: Hey, today's been a great day. I will say this, yesterday was really slow, but today, lots of folks, lots of people here. Fantastic day today. Now, you have some of your published materials here? I do. I have a a, a wide assortment. Uh, I have some of my new stuff, some of my old stuff, some of my... Uh, stuff that not a whole lot of people have read, and I want more people to read, and some of the stuff that lots of folks have read. So, And cool wizard deals. <laughs> okay, what kind of deals can
1: we find? Because the you know this show is going to be uploaded late tonight. It will be available Sunday. You will be here Sunday, all day for the convention. What can we find at your table?
3: So here's my here's my big wizard deal. I've got two graphic novels and a one-shot comic that would normally cost you thirty bucks if you bought them individually or if you bought them online, have them shipped to you. Actually, probably cost you more to have them shipped to you. But for the Wizard Show, 20 bucks gets you all three of them, and the autographs are free. What about the pictures? The, if I want a photo with you. Oh, absolutely. The pictures are free as well. But I do ask one thing if you do pictures. Now, it's not a requirement, but it's a request. I ask that you tag me, please. Ooh, I can handle that. All right. Uh, all right, that's a good deal. Do you have cat and mouse here, by any chance? You know, I sold my last full set <gasps> of cat... I know... <gasps> I, I, I told <laughs> I told her on the way. I said I want to get Cat and Mouse. Well, I, I sold my last full set at, in Nashville last weekend. I have uh, partial sets, and so I've come with a I've come with a list of the holes that I need to get in order to ha- have another complete set. But I will tell you this: I am working. Now it's not going to be done next week, but I am working on a compilation. Uh, to do, you know, a collection like this, like an, an omnibus, omnibus, that yeah, has yeah, the yeah. entire run. Okay. It's going to take me some time to put it together, but I am working on that. Well, then
1: I will pick that
3: up. Excellent. Okay,
1: that's really cool. Now, actually, I'm going to get something here at the table. What's if I was going, if you were going to say, what's most proud right here? What, what would be something of yours that you're really, really, really proud? I mean, I know you of all of them, but what is the one that stands out?
3: Okay, so Demons Tales is probably my, my my personal favorite on on the the rack here. Okay. and part of the reason it's a story, uh, it's a fun superhero story. Okay, and I like superheroes, but it's not your traditional superhero story. In the fact, in the sense that he's fighting, you know, world destroying monsters. The story opens up. The guy is actually uh, trying to be found by his friends because his father's just died, and he's had a, in a strange relationship with his father. So. Much of, the, and I don't have a, a, a strange relationship with my father. I actually have a really good relationship with my father. But the reason I like this is because the story is heavily focused on family, and you know, family is a big deal to me. You know, I, 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 I have, like I said, I have a great relationship with my mom and dad. I've got a good relationship with my own kids, and so family is important to me. Uh, and it's just fun. It's just a fun story. Okay, so
1: demons, and I see I'm
3: without my glasses here because I'm in cosplay. Demons, tails. tails wow, right. okay. And that's slightly a, a, a play on the character, because uh, if you'll notice, this is the guy. Now, he's a veterinarian. That's what he wants to be. He just wants to be a veterinarian. But he's got three tails. There's one, there's two, and there's a third one. Ooh. So, demons, tails. Now, how did you, did you come up with that idea of the artist, that part right there? The the tails, you yes. mean? Yeah. That was me, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, Was this a dream, a nightmare? Well, I'll tell you, um, you already know from our conversations, uh, but for those who haven't been in in on our conversations, I'm a huge Avengers fan, okay? (laughs) My favorite run from the Avengers, of course, is the uh, the, uh, Steve Englehart run from about 103, 4, 5, somewhere around in there. It's about 150, okay? Part of that run... The latter part of the run, one of my favorite characters in there was the Beast. Oh. Okay? So this character is very Beast-inspired, okay? He's not the Beast by any stretch of the imagination, but he is very much Beast-inspired. I created this thing, this guy, um, I was in about sixth grade when I created this guy. Now, he's gone through changes and growth and stuff like that, but the original concept for him was, let me do the Beast in a different way. Okay.
1: And it wasn't the beast of or the original beast who just had bare feet, and we're talking the blue beast. We're talking the blue and furry beast. That's right. Yes. <laughs> All right, Roland. I appreciate you taking some time talking with us. But before I let you go, I got to ask you about your steampunk, your Victorian horror graphic novel called *Citizens*. What? The last time we talked, just a few days ago, when we interviewed you, it, you you couldn't tell me what the future was. What is the future now?
3: I'm very happy to say that I have convinced Joe. That he needs to stay on with this, and we're going to relaunch. We're gonna we're gonna kill some of the rewards that we had that 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 folks weren't really interested in. We didn't know, you know, but it, there were there was not a lot of interest in the prints, and we had priced out prints. You know, to okay, folks want prints. This is how much it's going to cost not just to print them, but to ship them. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna reduce the uh, print run, our, our targeted print run, to to lower our cost So we're gonna launch the uh, hopefully next week. We're going to launch the citizens, uh, the citizens Kickstarter with um, some new rewards, but uh, certainly very focused rewards and a much lower, uh, a much lower funding goal for us because we want we just want to get it done. Okay,
1: we will have a link to that once you have that ready to go. We'll announce it and, and have everybody have access to that. And so, a guy like me, old school me, who wants that printed page, will I still be able to get citizens in
3: the printed format? absolutely we you know we kicked that around a little bit do we want to get rid of the print Um, but when I went and looked at the the pledges there you know we had about a hundred pledges and when I looked at um, who all wanted print who all wanted digital I can't, I'm not, this is not an exact number, but I think we had 12 that wanted digital only. So out of 100 pledges, that means 88 of them wanted the print copy. So I don't see how I can get rid of it because there's a lot of folks like me and you that want to hold a print copy. So it's, it's still going to be very much the, the sweet spot in the Kickstarter.
1: All right. All right. I will definitely make sure we have all that information available, you know, for the Kickstarter campaign once you uh, get it rolling. And that's, what less than a week
3: away probably well i'm hoping probably uh tuesday week so yeah a week and a couple of days all righty all right we'll definitely have that roland thank you for taking time talking with us here at wizard world fort lauderdale thank you so much my pleasure always uh,
1: it's great to be talking to our guests at wizard world fort lauderdale florida on this episode 640 wasn't that a good, uh, good set of interviews, Kimmy? That was great. It's always a pleasure to talk to Roland Mann. And, you know, actually, I can talk to Roland for hours. And if you get a chance to see Roland, perhaps today, I hope you can swing on uh, by his table and talk to him and tell him the Riley and Kimmy show said hi. And by the way, you, if you're paying attention, you heard the deal that Cool as Heck mentioned just by mentioning the Riley and Kimmy show. And Victor Dandridge. It was great to talk to him as well. What a fantastic individual. Mm-hmm. And we have links to all three creative individuals, all their uh, materials, right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And by the way, please stick with the Riley and Kimmy show. Uh, you know, Friend us or, or like us actually on Facebook and uh, follow us on other social media because we'll keep you updated on Roland Mann's project, his steampunk graphic novel, which is called Citizen's, uh, minute is launching the kickstarter campaign we will uh, let you know about that and we hope that you will support this and make this dream come true right kimmy mm-hmm. okay kimmy we're done you know giving out the the thank yous except well whoop, 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 there's one i forgot i want to thank the individual who we can't name but thank the individual who made our attendance at wizard world fort lauderdale a possibility because they gave us passes to this event Mm -hmm. I want to stress this before I ask you this question, Kimmy. We did not pay to get in this show, correct? Correct. We had press passes to get in, right? Right. Okay. And those were arranged by somebody, I will not say whom, but they wanted us in attendance. They wanted us to check out the Wizard World show and we went because of a couple reasons there are quite a few good friends that were there mm-hmm. there were some people that we wanted to meet that we had not met before mm-hmm. um, there was vendors we knew that are good friends also artists and, and uh, some cosplayers too right kimmy right so and nerds so that was our reason and there was a, an underhand not underhand but a, an underlying reason and that is because wizard world is coming to orlando florida to have a convention in 2016 Right. So we're kind of curious what Wizard World was going to be like. Maybe give us an, a you know like a, a heads up what what to expect in Orlando. Now Kimmy has attended a lot of conventions, various size conventions, and I want to compare you know probably Wizard World on par with MegaCon, mm-hmm. or that's what they want to be in Orlando. So my question for Kimmy is this: What did you think of Wizard World, Fort Lauderdale? Your experience there? And give it a grade. Oh well. Um. What's really struck me was
4: how small. Really. It really uh, surprised me how small it was, and okay. um. Uh. It just the attendance was um a surprise.
1: Attendance bec- surprise because it was it light was in your opinion. Very light. Okay.
4: Yes. Um. Despite having. You know, a couple of really big names. I mean, they had several celebrities, but one in particular was, was, was quite a big celebrity, William Shatner. And I just thought it would draw more people. And um, it's hard to tell, you know, how how well... I mean, it, it seemed to be running smoothly, but then there wasn't a barrage of people. It wasn't a huge crowd. So Right, right but I mean, the people i did encounter were polite that with the with the convention
1: and the volunteers seemed mm-hmm. to know what they you know they, they were they were trained well yes um, and i want to point out Saturdays for those who do not go to cons and those who do know this typically the saturday of a 3-day con is the peak it mm-hmm. is the it is the if a if a con's going to be jam packed or a lot of individuals there it's saturday it's going to happen mm-hmm. friday generally lighter Sunday's light compared to Saturday, mm-hmm. but heavier than Friday generally, because mm-hmm. usually cons start late on Friday, like three o'clock, five o'clock in some cases. But, you know, that Friday's the light, Saturday's the heavy. To me, this felt like a Friday con, mm-hmm. uh, m- maybe even lighter than a typical Friday con, meaning a, uh, you know, megacon, meaning a Tampa Bay Comic Con. Uh, it felt lighter. You know, mm-hmm. maybe then there are Fridays. Maybe right. You know, it, it's hard. when you, you don't have a clicker in your hand, counting body counts and things like that. Mm-hmm. A- yeah. Anything else to add as a positive, or you know, something that struck you as a foul?
4: Well, uh, once we found how to get there, I mean the the uh, the venue. Park, the right. It was a little confusing. Uh, well, you even were, even to. Yeah. Uh, even to Google, um, giving well, us
1: directions. Y- you were warned that ahead of time by uh, a good friend who is a vendor who does a lot of conventions. He said, quote, get there early because parking at this location is a nightmare.
4: Yes, but it was, parking wasn't a nightmare. No, it,
1: it was just how to get to the word, to be exact, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're unfamiliar with it.
4: Um, I guess because we, we got there early and it didn't seem like a lot of people got there early. No. No. Um, but we, we found parking quite easy, easily, and we parked. It wasn't very far to walk at all.
1: No, no. You, was, you were right in... And I like that park compared to, like, a MegaCon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were right... You know, they had uh, uh, enclosed parking, and you were right in the convention area, like, mm-hmm. easily.
4: I didn't have, you know, any issues with the venue other than how to get there. But um, being a first-time attendee, and... Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say about it, other than it was kind of a disappointment and how what a small scale it was, and I'm not sure quite what that was from because I thought that Wizard World was quite established, and uh, I couldn't I can't understand why it didn't draw more people in. Um, That's that's the main thing. You know,
1: go ahead. Okay, I was going to. And
4: then, like, there weren't a lot of vendors and, uh, um. The ones that were there. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Um, well, it had more of a flea market kind of a feel.
1: Ah, okay. I guess. Okay.
4: I mean, there were some some good ones, definitely. But, um, yeah, it was kind of an odd convention.
1: Well, I talked to, you know, some of our very good friends. We'll not name them. And... The ones I talked to about this have attended uh, Wizard Worlds before, mm-hmm. and one of them stated that this was a typical Wizard World show. Okay, and he attended some recently. The other one had attended recently said the complete opposite.
0: Mm-hmm. Said this
1: was a, in his opinion, a downsized version of what he typically encountered at other of those. Okay. Now, I don't know which one's, you know, accurate there. I have no idea. Okay. Now, I guess the big question is this. Kimmy, if you'd actually shelled out money, your own money to go to this convention outside of gas to drive, which we did. We did not fly. We did not take train or bus or hitchhike. We didn't do the hobo thing. If you had actually, you know, take that part out, you know, the expense of the travel part. But if you actually paid for gate to get in for a three-day Event because you typically want to go three days, mm-hmm. right? Would you have been happy to have paid what the admission price was?
4: Absolutely not. Really? It it, it would not have been worth the admission, and I would have not gone back. I, oh. I it would have been just a it's it was a one day convention.
1: Okay, well, see for me, I have friends and stuff that go to them, and you know they may be appearing as you know a vendor or not appearing but being there as a vendor or there as a. Uh, artist or writer or, you know, in some other capacity, performer. Uh, So I might be more inclined to go, you know, want to go, I guess, than you would in that case. Okay. You know, um, compared to Tampa Bay Comic Con. Oh,
4: no. No. Um, You like Tampa Bay Comic Con? Tampa Bay.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So, Kimmy, what would you say right now if you had, let's just pretend, and they're not listening. Let's just pretend that Wizard World is listening to you right now. And what would you suggest for them for Orlando, Florida? Because they are coming in in Orlando, Florida. What's, what is something you would suggest? Is there anything you would suggest? Um, off the top of your head. Wow. I know I'm catching I, you off guard with this, but I wanted that first, you know, that first thing that, go blah that would come out.
4: I don't have any really advice. It's just a smaller con then much smaller con than i ever
1: expected okay i don't know how you fix that all right you know and by the way when kimmy was talking about uh you know a big name celebrity to give you an example the time and it wasn't every time i know this probably changed later but you know we've talked about megacon as an example and the reason i am is because wizard world is coming into orlando and you know uh, mega that's megacon city basically and we have noticed with celebrities on a Saturday, a name celebrity, all right, and whether, you know, let's just use chat mm-hmm. or, or somebody else from Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, Patrick Stewart is an example. People would be lined up very early in line in the autograph table, ready to go, mm-hmm. and there were times when we were going around from to various friends and going through the celebrity area because that was by where some our, our friends were, that maybe he had 25, 30 people waiting mm-hmm. so it, it it did feel smaller when it came to that part. Absolutely.
4: And the only other thing I would say is, you know and I I think they were overpriced
1: really. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that that is Kimmy's view. That is her opinion. I mean, the admission and Okay. Well, that that's Kimmy's okay. opinion there and not reflective of anybody who is a follower of the Riley and Kimmy show. That was Kimmy's opinion. Right? Okay. All right. Thank you for that, Kimmy. I hope I didn't put you on the spot there. I, you, you know, you, the lamp is now being taken away. I'm sorry that you might have felt like you were being uh, you know, questioned on Dragnet or something. <laughs> you know, I, I, I deeply apologize for that. By the way, uh, we will have an interview. Uh, it's not actually an interview. We recorded, with permission, uh, a Q&A, or actually a panel, that Cool As Heck did. Now, Cool As Heck did this. And it's about how to get published in comic books, how to do it yourself. What are the steps to get it from your head to the paper or the digital, uh, platform to be viewed. And it is fascinating. Regardless, if you are really wanting to do this, or maybe you're kind of thinking about doing it, or maybe, you know, somebody says, Oh, I got some great art here and I'm going to make a comic book someday. Well, this might, you know, give them that push to make that comic book a dream. And, Why this is so cool to listen to, pardon the pun, because it is cool, is Cool As Heck is going to be appearing, now it's less than a week away, as we upload this show, and it's available on Sunday, coming up next Saturday, October 10th, in Melbourne, Florida. Now, if you are in the, by the way, if you're in the Lauderdale area, this is really close, in the Melbourne, Florida area, is viera comics brand new comic book store matter of fact i can personally say and so can kimmy it smells new Mm -hmm. because after we left wizard world we went trekking north to our bat cave and after we did a pit stop because kimmy had a rumbly in the tumbly as they say and she had to had to fuel up uh we went to viera comics and it was our first time actually there Mm -hmm. and it smells brand new oh yes yes it smells new it looks nice it's beautiful yes it is and it's very nice and uh, a very uh family friendly environment Mm -hmm. i i mean Mm -hmm. let's face it there are some comic book stores out there that you know you might say i don't want my little ones to go to well you don't have to worry about that with this at all it's definitely not a clubhouse environment going on uh you won't be ignored when you come in the door and you won't be hounded to death either Mm -hmm. So it's got that pleasant kind of environment Definitely going on Yes it does And a lot of new smell A lot of new stuff And stocked up with some Star Wars stuff too I noticed that Did you notice that? Yeah I I mean that was really cool Mm -hmm. You were high in it Yes I was I think uh, maybe in less than a week uh, Something might be going home I saw Mm. And Kimmy of course went right for the pop vinyls And somebody came home
4: Found me a Snoopy Yeah
1: and Woodstock Don't forget Woodstock there Yeah Snoopy. He's there, too. Yeah, Snoopy and Woodstock. A lot of nice things are there, but cool as heck will be there, too. That's right. He'll be bringing his uh, his supplies to Sketch. He'll also have prints. And, he, and the cool thing, he actually has comic books. Yeah, he's published. He has his own independent comic books right there. And he will, by the way, if you have a portfolio or you know somebody who does, maybe uh, maybe a child of yours or a, a brother a sister or a relative or a neighbor, uh, bring them to this event because you can talk to Cool, and he will give advice, and it, you don't have to worry about it. it's not going to be harsh or anything like that. It, he's he wants he wants newbies to to get into the craft, to hone it, to to share their dreams, and he he's a rare animal in my opinion, and you can definitely learn from Cool. You mm-hmm. uh, won't be intimidated by him. He's fun, he's funny, uh, and he works with people very well. Matter of fact, one of the best artists I've ever seen. In working with individuals because unfortunately one of the downsides to being an artist is a lot of them work alone and they, they just don't meet a lot of people or are comfortable around that environment he is mm-hmm. you know, he's like hey I'll, I'll, let's be friends mm-hmm. a- and he makes you, you feel welcomed and you'll catch this in the uh, panel that he did and we are going to air that on number 641 our next episode to give you an idea of what's going to be happening, or the individual that's going to be at Viera Comics, I thought it'd be a great thing to do. That's great. Yes, and, and, it's a good preview. It yeah, is, yeah, so it'll give you an idea. And by the way, he's not going to be the only artist that's going to be at this big event, which is happening on when, Kimmy? On October 10th. That's right, a Saturday, Saturday, October 10th, Viera Comics. Now, who else will be there will be Jake Estrada of Space Coast Comics. He too, an independent who actually has material out there. He is published. He is he's the big guy with Space Coast Comic. Yes, he is. Space mm-hmm. Coast Comics, he's the big guy. He'll be there. Also will be a uh, very talented and uh, another individual from the indie world. And I could talk to, I could talk to any of these three for hours and hours. And that is Terrence Baker. Very gifted very just full of energy and passion and he will have samples of work he will have you know i'm sure he does commissions and by the way jake will have his comic book i'm sure there all three will be able to give you input on the world of independent comic books and plus they they all have a rich uh, knowledge of dc marvel and other universes of comic books so it's really cool to talk to them now other things going on at this grand opening that's happening saturday october 10th is a costume contest not just one but two of them Kimmy wow two yes two now the first one is at one o'clock in the afternoon and it's a $25 gift card to the best zombie okay yes the best zombie now best zombie you know what if when I wake you up in the morning or whatever you can win okay all right you you can't win and then at two o'clock $25 gift card to the best overall costume so you know, this could be good for the whole family. Everybody, come on out. You know, have fun. Just give it a try. It, you'll love it. There's also raffles and prizes going on. And you could win a Harlequin statue. Oh, it looks nice. I have a, well, we have uh the sample right on our uh, website. Mm-hmm. You get a chance what you could possibly uh, win. And you just check that out at RileyandKemi.com. And it all happens starting at 11 o'clock on saturday october 10th it runs clear till nine o'clock at night wow but the major activity you want to be there early mm-hmm. you want yes. to be there early the riley and kimmy show will be there at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. jake estrada terrence baker cool as heck will be there at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. and so will you right yeah you're gonna be there right right i'll be there you better be there kimmy it's the riley and kimmy show I don't want to take Minnie Kimmy with me. No. That could frighten some people. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she has that, uh, that uh, thing on people. So, to find out more about VR Comics, go right to our website. We have a link right at rileyandkimmy.com. And, uh, you know, I, I just I can't stress it's it's a, a very nice environment, right, Kimmy? It is a nice environment. Now, speaking of being out and about, we have an announcement coming up real soon. Matter of fact, uh, I'm not going to say exactly when, but not that long ago, we uh, secured some more uh, event events appearances for the riley and kimmy show yes we're going into 2016 and those aren't really hush hush just no reason to talk about them right now because we're pretty far out from that but we got some things that are still uh, coming around 2015 and one of them is very big and i don't want you to be left out i want you to find out about it first and the best way to do that is to like us on facebook Like us on Facebook, and you will be the first to know where the Riley and Kimmy Show will be appearing next.
2: Suspense.
1: Yes, like us on Facebook, and you'll find out first. That's how we announced Viera. Mm We are going to be at Viera Comics. It was right on Facebook, so like our Facebook page. You can find social media links. Right on our website, which is RileyAndKimmy.com. Now, Kimmy, I have a big question to uh, throw out to you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Shall we play a game? Are you ready to play a game? I am. It's time for Nerd Trivia with Kimmy. It's a Sunday, October 4th. When we upload this show, we're moving over to the calendar. Let me flip my ancient calendar over. Okay, we now are at October 4th, a Sunday. Now, Kimmy, here we go. It was on this date in history. The first actual work of carving began on Mount Rushmore. Give me the year. Oh, we bounce all over the place in the history world of the Riley and Kimmy show. Ooh. Now, you're not going to be scolded wow. here if you don't get this one right. Mm. But, you know, this is important. This is a big important one. You know, you got to know this one. Come on. Mm. Take a guess of it. I'll give you a clue. They were filming it when it was done, when they were starting the process. 1902. 1927. Okay. Next one. It debuted on television on this date. Leave it to Beaver Uh Tell me the network it aired on And tell me the year 57 Whoa And the network ABC CBS And who was your favorite character on the show
4: Beaver Did
1: you like Eddie Haskell
4: No he's a bad guy
1: Name one other character on the show besides the father and the mother Wally Oh I should have said besides Wally Lumpy Okay I accept that Lumpy, what was his last name? Rutherford. Oh, you, you, you're so cool. All right, you got it. I guess you watched a lot of those There's episodes.
4: There's Whitey and... What, what,
1: what, you, you're, I didn't know you were a Leave it to Beaver groupie. I didn't know... Did you have a Leave it to Beaver lunchbox or something? No. Wow, I didn't know you really watched Leave it to Beaver that much. Yeah. Okay, all right. Lumpy's dad. Uh-huh. Can you tell me, the actor, what other role he's known for? Who played Dick L- Van Dyke show. Oh, played Mel Cooley, yeah. Uh huh. No way you can tell me his name, can you? No. All right, Richard Deacon. But you are a freak. You're a big freak. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm I'm impressed. I mm-hmm. I wow, what 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 was the name of the town?
4: The town yeah. where they live? Yeah.
1: Because you'd see it blank high school. Drawing a blank. Mayfield. And ready for this? Uh-huh. Beaver had a friend that worked at the fire station. What was his name? Gus. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Gus in the
1: net. Oh, Gus in the net. Is Gus a- in the net. All right, Gibby, we're we're moving we're moving, <laughs> we're moving away from pop culture, but it, it did influence pop culture and it influenced uh, actually entertainment because it would accelerate things known as satellites and stuff like that. It was on this date in history, the Soviets launched a satellite into orbit around Earth. Can you tell me the name of that satellite and tell me the year? Sputnik. That's right. Name of the year. 76. I will let you correct yourself. Think about that. The first satellite, 1957. Okay. And now moving over to sports because you are the sports freak of the two of us, okay? Okay. You're the one who actually knows the difference between a basketball and a football. I don't. All right. It was on this date in history the first World Series to be played west of St. Louis began in Los Angeles, California. Give me the year. Hmm. 42. 1959. It was on this date in history that Janis Joplin was found dead of a heroin overdose at what age and what year?
4: 27. Very good. And what year? Yeah. Um,
1: 1967.
4: 1970.
1: All right, moving over to celebrity birthdays, notable birthdays, some of them no longer with us. President rutherford b hayes kimmy born on this date in history tell me what number of president he was
4: okay um I know it's not number one i
1: know it's not number
4: one okay i know it's um who's 16th that's lincoln
1: all right there go from there now you can do it mm-hmm. number 20 you what was the number you say 22 what was the number you, what, what number you, uh, I heard two numbers there, pick 20. one. Number 20, she misses it by one. He was number 19, Kimmy. No. okay. All right, Charlton Heston was born on this date in history in 1924. He died what year? 98. 2008, at the age of 84. Okay. Susan Sarandon is celebrating a birthday today. How old is Susan Sarandon? 102. Ooh. You <laughs> missed it by a little bit there, Kimmy. What you actually think, Susan <laughs> Sarandon is one hundred and two years of age? Uh, seventy-five. Really?
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. What's your answer? Is it seventy-five or is it one hundred and two? Which is it? Seventy-five. You're going for seventy. I'm sticking with it. You're sticking with seventy-five. You say one hundred and two is not it, right? You, you, do you want? Hey, do you want to go to one hundred and three? One hundred and four? No. Uh, you, you you know you want to stick with what was it again? 75. All right. That's wrong. She is 69 today. Okay. And you could tell her you don't look at day over 102. Jeez, <laughs> I mean, Kimmy. That's mean. All right. Here we go. We're moving over to one more here on the celebrity birthday list. I'm kind of afraid to ask you this I, one. I
4: know you like her so much that it insults I have, you.
1: I have no feelings towards Susan Sarandon one way or the other. I mean, she's not on my <laughs> hate list or my love list. Susan... <laughs> What, what planet are you on? Okay, here we go. I, I actually hate to ask you about this one, but here we go. It, tell me, is this one 105 or hundred in the 100-year-old bracket? Here we go. Alicia Silverstone is having a birthday today. How old is Alicia Silverstone? You no, know, she played Batgirl.
4: 46.
1: Hmm, no, she's 39. Okay. Ah, boy, Kimmy. 46, I'm surprised you didn't say 94, I think. All right, (laughs) wrap it up celebrity birthdays there. But something else happened on this date in history we uh, held off, but I'm going to ask you it right now. you ready? Mm -hmm. Here we go. It was on this date in history, the comic strip, Dick Tracy made its debut in the Detroit Daily Mirror. Give me the year Dick Tracy made its comic strip debut. 45. Oh, Kimmy. Shame on you. 1931. Okay. And almost instantly became big on radio. Very short period of time. Became huge, which is kind of interesting because one of the things is Dick Tracy was big before Superman was in the comic books. Mm-hmm. He was established on radio. Kids would run home to listen to uh, the Secret Decoder messages and things like that. And, you know, all the... yeah. He, he was just big. And, and actually started, you know, merchandising and things like that too. Mm. And Dick Tracy was a major influence. Matter of fact, I'm not going to say um, I was at a certain store in the past uh, uh, week that uh, has books, you know, and stuff like that. Old books. Mm-hmm. And they had a Dick Tracy history book. And mm. I held it in my hands. I almost got it. And I want it now. Mm. I'm going to go back and get it. okay? Unless somebody already grabbed it. it because it, it was, uh, you know, a biography on the person who created Dick Tracy and it talked about how he changed over the course of time. Not Dick Tracy actually changed, but he, what the cool thing was the the you know he was innovative he had the the wristwatch radios way ahead of you know technology and used technology you know tracy used it wasn't just fists and firearms and things like that. it was the brain and stuff like that and he had this rogues gallery of freaks which let's face it it influenced batman it did Mm -hmm. i mean he had the you know flat top and all the he just had he had some weirdos in his world dick Mm -hmm. tracy's world and it it had to influence bob kane and, and bill finger a little bit it just had to yeah because batman is a detective and so you got that a little bit running right. with dick tracy kind of thing so i think it did influence and the technology you know he had the and james bond maybe even a little bit who knows because he all had the gadgetries and things mm-hmm. like that but the key thing is the dick tracy even though his his face didn't really change even though he had a mustache for a period of time they gave him a mustache um the creator did but he eventually got rid of that uh he advanced with the times And he stayed a little bit ahead, and you know it's pretty cool. He didn't just say, "Well, we're going to leave him frozen in this time frame." Really, he he adapted and things like that. Okay. Unfortunately, we had we haven't really seen that translated to film (laughs) or or or, uh, uh, TV. I don't I don't know if Dick Tracy can. And you know who actually owns the film rights to Dick Dick Tracy: The Last I Knew? Who Warren Beatty? Beatty? Yeah, Warren Beatty, and he was talking about redoing, maybe not as himself, but launching, but. You know, as far as I know, that's in limbo. I'd love to see it come to uh, the big screen. But I don't know if it can, if it's stuck. Again. Right. I, I don't know if it can. Well, I don't know if it can, if it's stuck in a 30s, early 40s time frame, Maybe it can. I don't know. Under a different director and things like that. Who knows? But I thought we'd pay tribute right now to going to the golden age of radio. Now this, I'm going to please be forgiving for it. Please say, okay, it wasn't recorded with the best technology because let's face it, back in the, the episode we're playing is nineteen thirty eight. it's before Superman. This is before Superman that this aired in households. Superman wow. was not a comic book yet. Wow. Yeah, think about that. So please be forgiving because the audio technology isn't to the level of even 25 years ago. And how they recorded these were like on records. They are not exactly like a big LP or uh you know a 78 RPM type record. They were a little different. They were more complicated. And most of them did not survive. This did. So we are fortunate that it's full of ear candy. It's got all the sound effects and all the cool things with it. And it's just plain fun. And I thought we'd do Dick Tracy a little bit, an old time radio Dick Tracy episode to honor Dick Tracy and his debut in comic strips. And just think about it. It's a Sunday the sunday funnies yeah but this was not kind of funny this you know dick tracy you know he, he didn't laugh too often so here we go with an episode called going after the ring it aired february 17th 1938 here's dick tracy on the riley and kimmy show
5: adventure fans, calling all Dick Tracy fans. Stand by, Dick Tracy is on the air. The makers of Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice, those delicious nourishing cereals that are shot from guns, bring you another thrilling Dick Tracy adventure. That's the way the big guns in the Quaker plants sound when they're making puffed wheat and puffed rice. Remember that the next time you sit down to a big dish of crisp, crunchy, puffed wheat or puffed rice for breakfast. That special, careful Quaker process, plus the fact that puffed wheat and puffed rice are triple-sealed in moisture-proof packages, keeps Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice firm, crisp, and plump for you. And that's why they taste so much better than ordinary cereals. Puffed wheat and puffed rice are specially easy to digest, too. Each grain of sun-ripened wheat or rice is actually exploded to eight times its normal size when it's shot from the guns. Each tiny food cell is unlocked so that you get all the trigger-fast food energy quickly and easily. It's the kind of energy that helps make you strong, healthy, and alert like Dick Tracy. So join the thousands of happy puffed wheat and puffed rice fans. And if there isn't one of those famous red and blue packages in the pantry now, be sure to remind Mother to ask the grocer for some Quaker puffed wheat or Quaker puffed rice. And remember, there'll be a secret code message today, so have your pencil and paper ready. The black pearl of Osiris, belonging to an Egyptian society dedicated to the worship of the ancient god Osiris, is desired by a band of thieves and murderers. Dick Tracy has concealed the pearl in the secret compartment of a mysterious ring given to him by Umibatik of the cult of Osiris, who told Dick it would bring him good luck. In our last episode, we heard how Dick, Pat, and Junior, while dining in a restaurant, suddenly realized they were surrounded by henchmen of the murderous band.
6: I've noticed, Pat, that we're being watched. Four different tables around us, certain shady-looking gentry have not taken their eyes off us. Don't look up now. No, I won't. What do you think we ought to do? Well, I'm trying to formulate a plan. We're undoubtedly after the ring and the black pearl. Yes, yes, we're surrounded, Pat. I can see that now. We've got to do something, Dick. I'll say Get ready for trouble. We're going to have plenty of them we try to leave this restaurant. Go on with you, dinner, both of you. Pay no attention. I'm okay, you haven't noticed a thing. What? this dinner's got to end sometime, Dick. Yes, I know, Junior. At that time, let's hope we'll dig up an idea that'll get us out of here safely. Ah, that was good coffee. Finished, Pat? Yeah, I'm finished. I'll tell you one thing, though. I certainly didn't enjoy my dinner the way you evidently did. I didn't get much fun out of this food, either. Gosh, Dick, I don't know how you do it. We're surrounded on all sides by the these men, and you calmly eat your dinner. And enjoys it, too. Well, why not? Nothing could have happened until we were finished, ready to go. Look, Dick, five or six of those guys are going outside. Yeah. Yeah, they see we're through with dinner, and they will be going out any moment. Well, shall we go? Into the hands of that welcoming committee out there? Uh, could we have some more coffee? I really feel like having another cup. That'll keep you awake tonight. Unless I'm mistaken, you'll have plenty to perk you up in a few minutes. Gee, Dick, aren't you worried at all? Well, I'm trying not to be. If you try hard enough, you know. Here, I'll take the checks. Come along. Cashier's down this way. Two twenty-five out of five. Here's your change, sir. Thank you. Hey, look. Those guys at the other tables are following us out, sort of nonchalantly. Not a very good way of showing nonchalance, is it? Just have your gun ready. Junior, I've taught you how to stay out of harm's way if anything happens. See that you do it. Oh, no, not me. I'm going to stick to you, Dick. You'll do as I say. All right, now. There's the door to the street. Let's get going. Well, there's the car. Yeah, and a couple of fellows leaning against the fenders. Come on. Uh,
5: Just a minute, buddy. Just a minute. This your car?
6: Yes. Do you mind?
5: Maybe you don't know it, buddy, but this is my private parking place. See? I usually parks my car here. Well, that's very interesting.
6: Step aside, please. Wait a minute, wait a
5: minute. Where do you think you're going?
6: What's the matter, Joe? This guy getting tough? Yeah. Looking for a paste in the jaw. So happens, I wasn't looking for anything. However, I see that you very possibly are, and so.
2: Can't,
6: hey, you can't, can't do that well. Oh. Oh. Get, get in, Pat. Junior, quick. Come on. Uh, get him, boys. Get him. Here they come, Nick. Uh, Let him have it, Pat. Oh. Keep behind me, Junior. Oh. That's you, oh. by the old the ring, Dick. They're oh. so trying to get the ring. Keep slugging and stop talking. Get, him, get him, you guys. The cops. They're coming, Dick. Yeah. Swing kind of wild, aren't you, big fellow? Here's the way to do it. Oh. Run, you guys. Rod, it's the cops. Straight up. They're running away, Dick. So I see. Well, they're taking a few of our souvenirs, and they're yours. Hey, 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 what's been going on here? Street fights, eh? Well, we'll see. Hello, so... hello, Donovan. Lovely evening, isn't it? Tracy, well, what the it's devil is All right, are you... Donovan. It's all right. Uh, the boys are chasing those rascals. They'll bring him in, all right? Good. <laughs> Meantime, I've got all of someone's coat. I grabbed one of those yeggs by the collar, and he slipped out of the coat, leaving it in my hands. I wish we had gotten the fellow in the coat. Perhaps we will, Pat. Oh, Dick. Oh, great Scott, Dick. What's the matter? Your finger. Look. The ring. The secret ring of Osiris. It's gone. Gone. Gee, then so is the black pearl. Oh, they got it. They got it after oh, all. no, no, no. They didn't get it, Pat. Because, you see, you have it. I have it? Now, listen, Dick. This is no time for gags. It's in your pocket. The right-hand pocket. Huh? Let me see. Well... Well, I'll be a cross-eyed owl. It is the ring. How'd it get in my pocket? I put it there. I slipped it off and put it in your side pocket. I knew they'd try to get the ring. They were sure I was wearing it. I didn't think they'd suspect you. Yeah, that certainly was fooling them, all right, Dick. Two of them made for the hand that was supposed to be wearing the ring. I'm uh, afraid they were a little disappointed when it folded into a fist. Yeah, I'll bet they were, Dick. If only we knew where we could get our hands on that gang. If we had some idea as their hideout. We do have, Pat. Or rather, we will. What do you mean? We've got the clue we've been looking for. And now, once again, we can take the offensive. I much prefer it as a fighting move to watching and having to be on the defensive. What is the clue you're talking about, Dick? This code, Pat. The code I took away from one of those gangsters. Well, I don't get it. How can a code help us find the gangsters' hideout? Well, of course, I'm not sure it will, but I'm going to have a try. Come on, let's get down to my private laboratory at headquarters. Why your private laboratory? There are certain things there I need, Pat. Including a vacuum cleaner. A vacuum cleaner? Hey, as I said before... I know, I know. You don't get it. But you will. Say, Dick, what's the point of going over that coat with a hand vacuum? Yeah, come on. Let us in on it, will you, Dick? Why all the little piles of dirt you put on the table? Why don't you put them all in one big pile? Well, you see, Pat, each one of those piles of dirt is labeled. Now, this pile here came from the right-hand pocket of the coat. This one came from the left-hand pocket. This pile here is the dust I took out of the back of the coat. And when I empty this dust bag, this little pile will be the dust from the sleeves. All of which adds up to what? Well, Pat, you know that there's more to being a detective than hand-to-hand encounters with criminals. There are times when the fight against crime is carried on not by guns and forces, but science and skill. Some of the most brilliant wars against crime are fought and won in scientific laboratories. Now, I said that this code would lead us to the gang's hideout. And it's going to do just that. And I'll see. Um, hand me that microscope, will you, Junior? Sure, I will. Here you are, Dick. Thanks. Now we'll examine each of these little piles separately. Here. Have a look, Patrick. Okay. Well, what do you see? you got me... All I see are some particles of black stuff that look like hair and some gray dust that gleams a little bit and some more gray stuff that seems sort of dull and some colored particles of, well, well, it might be cloth. Is that all, Pat? Yeah, I think so. What else is there to see? let me have a look, Pat. (laughs) Well, Pat, you'll have to learn to identify things like that at first glance. Took me several years of study, but it was worth it. Tracing the origin of these little particles, being able to build up the story they have to tell is is indispensable to a detective. Now, let me demonstrate. Go ahead. I'm waiting. Those black particles that look like hair, Pat, they're really horsehair. I'll test them later, but I'm sure of it without testing them. All right, horsehair. So what? Those gray particles that gleam in the light, they're particles of emery dust. from machines, Pat. Machines. Horsehair and emery dust. Come on. Now, these gray particles that don't gleam are particles of felt gray felt. Gray felt. I'm still listening. And those other little pieces of dust, the colored pieces, are particles of very colored cloth. You see, Pat, your clothes pick up and retain the dust that is in the air about you. Examine the clothes of a man who works, let's say, for a coal company, and his clothes will contain coal dust. A man who works in a coffee factory will have particles of coffee beans in his pockets and in the dust of his coat, and so on. Okay, but where does all this get us? Well, Pat, don't you see, we've We've taken from this coat particles of horsehair, emery dust, felt, and colored cloth. Now all we've got to do is to decide what industry uses these articles. In other words, what's made out of them? Put them all together and they spell zero for me. <laughs> well, as I figured out, Pat, the one product in which these particles will be found exclusively, including the horsehair, would be mattresses. Mattresses, eh? Oh, say, that's right. I should have thought of that. Now what? Where do we go from here? Well, don't you get it, Pat? All this means is that the gang we're after probably has its hideout in or near a mattress factory. Well, I'll be darned. Say, Dick, that's amazing. And a lucky thing it was that you got that coat. Well, don't let's get too excited about this. We may not be right. We've got to find out how many mattress factories there are in this town. And we've got to check every one of them. But it's getting pretty late, Tracy. How long do you intend to stay at headquarters and keep these men here? We'll have to wait until I hear from Pat. We've discovered that there are only three mattress factories in town. There are three squads out now. Pat's in charge of the squad on Clay Street, and he's going to report back to me the moment he gets what we're looking for. And what are you looking for? Proof that one of those factories is being used as a hideout by the gang we're after. Factories are being watched very closely. They're supposed to be shut at this time of night. If the boys see anyone prowling near one of them, entering the building, they'll know that that's the one we want. Uh, Will Pat telephone? Yes. I told him to use the code. We're taking no chances on a slip up. A yes, swell idea. Well, Tracy, I hope you're right about this mattress factory business. I know you're a bug on scientific detection and all that, and you've always been right in the past. We'll but... just have to wait and see. Huh?
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Ah. Yes?
5: Patton speaking. Go ahead, Pat. Buffalo.
6: 14, 1, 11, 18, 21, 4, and hurry. Right. Let's see that code book. Hmm. Buffalo, 14, 1, 11, 18, 21. Wait a minute, that's the end of that word. Buffalo, 14, 1, 11, 18, 21, 4. Ah, Just
5: what I've been waiting for. All right, men, let's get going. Is Dick Tracy on the right trail at last? Will he bring the thieves to justice? And what was the code message that Pat sent over the phone? Well, you'll know in a minute, because it's time for our Dick Tracy Secret Service Patrol meeting brought to you by the makers of Quaker Puffed Wheat and Quaker Puffed Rice. Those two specially delicious, specially nourishing cereals that are shot from guns. Okay, Junior.
6: The meeting will now come to order.
5: So get your pencil and paper ready, patrol member, because Junior is going to repeat the secret code message that Pat sent Dick Tracy today.
6: Are you all ready? Here's the message. It's Buffalo 14-1-11-18. 21-4.
5: Better repeat it, Junior, so all the patrol members are sure to get it. Okay,
6: Mr. Quaker Man. Are you ready, members? It's Buffalo 14 one 11 18, 21,
5: 4. Now, when you decode that secret message, you'll know where Dick Tracy is headed on the trail of the high mogul. And here's some extra good news, patrol members. Dick Tracy
6: is going to tell us all about that big surprise tomorrow. Isn't that great?
5: So be sure you're listening in, patrol members. Believe me, it's something you just wouldn't miss for anything.
6: Do you know what it is, Mr. Quaker Man?
5: Yes, Junior, but I promised Dick I wouldn't tell a soul. Ah,
0: come on, you can tell me.
5: Uh No, Junior, you'll have to wait till tomorrow, too. All I can say is... Start saving Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice box tops right now because you'll certainly wish you had when Dick Tracy tells you what that big surprise is. Boy, I can hardly wait. And here's another thing, boys and girls. Every box top you save also means a lot of delicious, quick-energy breakfasts for you and mother and dad. So have Quaker puffed wheat one day and Quaker puffed rice the next, the way thousands of boys and girls and grown-ups do. And that gives you a grand-taste variety because there are two different delicious flavors of the famous cereals that are shot from guns. There go the big guns now to remind you to have your delicious, nourishing puffed wheat and puffed rice breakfast regularly, so that you get lots of that same kind of trigger-fast food energy that keeps Dick Tracy so alert. So look in the pantry to make sure there's some there, and if there isn't, ask Mother to get some Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice at the grocer's. And be sure to save the box top. Calling all adventure fans, calling all Dick Tracy fans. Stand by for another exciting Dick Tracy adventure tomorrow at this same time. That is all. <laughs>